The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
right, good evening everyone and welcome to our City Commission meeting on uh, this March 29th. Um, before I move forward with uh, the, the agenda, I want to I want to explain a couple things. So we have a number of scheduled public hearings tonight. And one of them, uh, item number six, our sixth public hearing, uh, was a public hearing on the necessity of a one-year special assessment for enhanced services for the Downtown Impro Improvement District. Um, because of a technicality with notification, uh, we are not going to hold that scheduled public hearing tonight. We're actually going to re-notice it, and it'll be posted uh, for one of our April meetings. So if you are here tonight to speak on that, you have a couple options. Uh, you can stick around to the end and speak uh, during our open public comment period, which you're welcome to do. Uh, or you can come back when we have the scheduled public hearing. Uh, so I apologize for those who came out tonight uh, and are just hearing now that we are changing that public hearing. Uh, but as I said, you're welcome to speak during public comment. We'll hear your comments tonight. It just won't be as a part of the scheduled public hearing process. Um, so with that, I'll call this meeting to order uh, and we'll start off with a moment of silence before we do the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Next, we'll have roll call. Commissioner Moody? <clears throat> Present. Commissioner Jones? Here. Commissioner Usassi? Present. Commissioner Ruppert? Here. Commissioner Lanier? Present. Mayor Bliss? Yes. Uh, and commissioners, can I get a motion to excuse Commissioner O'Connor? So moved. All right, moved and supported. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, it carries. Um, so I'm gonna walk through a couple things and then I'll in, uh, turn it over to our interpreter tonight. So if you need interpretation services, um, we have a long agenda tonight. We have a couple opportunities for public comment. Uh, the first opportunity for public comment is public comment on agenda items that we're gonna be voting on. And then we have a number of scheduled public comments. Uh, so if you're here for a specific public hearing, uh, we have one related to economic development uh, for the Grand Rapids Senior Community Revenue Bonds. Uh, we have one related to a brownfield plan for Jackson Entertainment, another one for a en neighborhood enterprise zone. Uh, we have uh, another one for a project located at 3 Lexington. So if you're here to be heard on one of those, on one of those items, I'm going to ask you to stay put until we open up those uh, public hearings. Uh, and then at the end of the meeting is public comment on any other item. Um, so with that, if you need assistance with interpretation services tonight, we do have someone here to assist you, and I'll turn it over to her now. Thank Thanks. you. Good evening. We're pleased to provide Spanish interpretations this evening. This include interpretation during the meeting and for those who want to provide public comment. Buenas noches. Estamos complacidos de proveer servicios de interpretación en español esta noche. Esto incluye interpretación durante la reunión y para aquellos que quieren proveer comentario público. Thank you. Gracias. Thank you. All right, next that will take us to our first opportunity for public comment. Uh, so again, this is public comment on specific agenda items that we're going to be voting on tonight. There's a couple rules that we have in this space to make sure that everyone has a chance to be heard. Uh, when you come up to the podium, we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in, and you'll be given up to three minutes to speak. That's for all of our public hearings tonight, uh, or public comment period. But for this first one, we ask that you be very explicit about what agenda item you're speaking to. So if you're here tonight to be heard on an agenda item or an item that we're voting on, you're welcome to come forward at this time. 
All right, seeing none, we'll close that public comment period and that'll take us to approval of our minutes. These are our minutes from our last meeting on March 15th. Can I get a motion? So moved. Support. Support. All right, moved and supported. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, it carries. All right, next that will take us to our petitions and communications. Uh, one this evening, communication received from Joshua Lunger, Vice President of Government Affairs at, at the Grand Rapids Chamber, expressing support for proposed zoning text amendments. That is received and filed. Next that will take us to reports of city officers, and we have three items tonight. First one is a report of the, from the city manager renaming a Franklin <coughs> Fire Station to Martin Luther King Jr. Fire Station. That is received and filed. Comptroller's report for the period of February 25, 2022 through March 15, 2022. That is oh, hold on. Oh. In the, sorry. In the amount of $24,679,591.56. Sorry about that, Clark. Uh, that is received and filed. And then the Treasurer's report for the period of March 1, 2022 through March 15, 2022. And that is also received and filed. All right, next that will take us to our consent agenda. So our consent agenda are items that we uh, discussed earlier today. So earlier today we had a number of standing committee meetings where we discussed topics and voted. Uh, so tonight on the consent agenda, the items that were voted on unanimously will be uh, supported with one voice vote. So commissioners, can I get a motion for the consent agenda? So move. Support. Support. All right, moved and supported. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, it carries. All right, so that will take us to our ordinances to be adopted, and we have three ordinances before us tonight. The first one is an ordinance amending Article 2, Chapter 7, Title 1 of the Grand Rapids City Code relating to police and fire retirement system. All right, can I get a motion? So moved. Support. All right, moved and supported. Uh, Commissioner Rappert, you want to tell us about this item? Yeah. Thank you, Mayor. This proposed amendment would add the position of Deputy Fire Chief to the definition of non-represented member, cleaning up the ordinance to reflect changes made in 2019. <clears throat> it also updates the ordinance to match the most re recent bargaining unit agreements regarding benefit multiplier selection options for newly hired police officers and firefighter members. Great, thank you. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, this is a roll call vote tonight. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Sassi? Yes. Commissioner Ruppart? Yes. Commissioner Lanier? Yes. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Mayor Bliss? Yes, it carries. All right, that will take us to our second ordinance to be adopted tonight. And that is a salary ordinance amendment for supplemental classifications, range increases for supplemental employees in the Parks and Recreation Department. All right, can I get a motion? So moved. Support. Support. All right, moved and supported. Commissioner Isasi, you want to tell us about this? Yes, thank you, Mayor. Um, this is coming from our uh, Department of Parks and Recreation after completing a department um, operating plan that will guide the work over the next five years. And one of the priorities out of the five was the leadership and employee development and making sure there's a focus to attract, hire, and retain employees, um, as well that these ranges had not been updated since 2017. And so uh, looking at these five categories, um, they were reviewed and updated, um, and the supplemental assigned supplemental positions assigned to each category. And this was also uh, reviewed <coughs> at our last um, civil service board too. Great, thank you, uh, commissioners. Any questions? All right, seeing none. Uh, this is a roll call vote tonight. 
Commissioner Asasi? Yes. Commissioner Ruppart? Yes. Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Mayor Bliss? Yes. And commissioners, can I get a motion to give this immediate effect? Support. Support. All right, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? It carries. All right, that'll take us to our third ordinance before us. Yes, an ordinance amending section one of the budget ordinance 2021-13 for fiscal year 2022, amendment number nine. All right, can I get a motion? S support. All right, moved and supported. Commissioner Moody, you want to tell us about this? Yes, Madam Mayor, I sure do. This is a uh, number of different of, of, um, amendments that's going to be taking place with this. Uh, so if you just bear with me, I'd just like to just read them all. All right. Because they're all good. Uh, the first is the Executive Office Department's appropriation of a grant from the Grand Rapids Foundation Award. The second is an appropriation of C4 Consumers Energy Foundation Award, which is also a grant. The second is the, the rest of them are actually the Grand Rapids Water Department uh, uh, amendments in reference to the reconstruction of Fuller Avenue, reconstruction of Grand Garfield Park Avenue, Vito Street, and California Street. The Water Department is also looking at the reconstruction of Hausman Avenue, construction of Prospect Avenue, uh, the reconstruction of Richmond Richard Avenue, the reconstruction of uh, Straight Straight Avenue and Wealthy Street, and the uh, replacement of private uh, uh, lead services lines. Uh, the Public Museum reimbursement uh, fund for expansion and design phase services and the uh, Capital Improvement Fund. Uh, I think this is a lot that we got, and I think mm -hmm. it's good. Yeah, thank you, Commissioner. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, this is a roll call vote tonight. Commissioner Ruppart? Yes. Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Sassi? Yes. Mayor Bliss? Yes, and commissioners, can I get a motion to give this immediate effect? So moved. Support. All right, moved and supported. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? It carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, that will take us to our, pub our scheduled public hearings. Uh, and as I indicated, we have a number of scheduled public hearings tonight. So we'll start with the very first one, and we're going to actually revisit this a little bit later during our resolutions. Um, this is a public hearing to consider project additions to be paid for by the unspent proceeds of the Economic Development Corporation of the City of Grand Rapids for the Senior Community Revenue Bonds. Um, this is related to Clark Retirement Community. Uh, so what I'd like to do is uh, turn it over to our CFO to provide us some information on this. And uh, do we have guests with us tonight? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, we do. We do, Mayor. Um, I have Teresa Mann from Clark Retirement here. But She's, she's happy to answer any questions, but just to orientate everyone for what this is, these are um, unspent bond proceeds, basically, from a previous issuance. These are private, private activity bonds, so they're fully secured by Clark. This has no um, liability for the city. It's entirely on Clark, and um, yeah, so if there are any questions, uh, Teresa's here. All right, well, Teresa, do you want to add anything? Uh, well, I mean, maybe say how the well, the be funds have been used for or will be used for capital improvements for uh, roofing, paving, uh, boiler updating boilers, and interior updates to some of our common areas that the residents use. Great, thank you. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you being here, uh, Commissioners. Any questions? All right, so if you are here tonight to be heard on this item, you're welcome to, co welcome to come forward. Uh, so this, this is specific to this public hearing related to these bonds. So is anyone here to be heard on this item? 
All right, seeing none, I'll go ahead and close that public hearing. And that will uh, will be back before us momentarily. Uh, and so I'll move to our second public hearing. So this next public hearing is a public hearing to consider a revised Brownfield Plan Amendment for the Jackson Entertainment LLC redevelopment project at a property to be known as 144 Ottawa Avenue Southwest. Uh, so we'll start again with our Economic Development Director, Mr. Gracia, to tell us about this item. And then if you are here to be heard on this item, I'll give you a chance to speak afterwards. And I do believe we have a couple folks from this project with us tonight um, and they're welcome to say a few words as well. Yes, good evening Mayor and Commissioners. So again this public hearing is um, for this Brownfield Plan Amendment for related to phase two of the Studio Park um, development at 144 Ottawa Avenue Southwest. Um, to recall the original Brownfield Plan Amendment was approved back in 2017 and the success of that has uh, basically brought us to today in phase two and uh, essentially, we need to do the Brownfield Plan Amendment simply to include um, the Phase Two development project that was specifically excluded in that original Brownfield Plan Amendment or a plan. So the amendment today um, just uh, includes now the property above the existing parking ramp where Phase Two um, is now uh, planned, and that's going to um, have 165 apartment units. And again, uh, this is only for phase, to add phase two. It does not increase the total amount of brownfield uh, reimbursement. It simply uh, um, accelerates the reimbursement period. So I'd have the developer, Mr. Olson, if he's here to say a few words about this, and then we'll talk relatedly on the next particular uh, item as well. Hi, welcome. Thank you, Mayor, Commissioners. Uh, appreciate your service to the city as always. Uh, just some context on the development. So the tower has always been planned as part of Studio Park. And there were a few minimum metrics that we had when we negotiated our development agreement. One was 10 stories minimum. What we're presenting in front of you is 16 stories, which is as maximum as our parking ramp infrastructure can support. I believe our minimum investment was 30 million. I know when we submitted the application, our budgets were around 52. We're up to 55, 56. So with current construction pricing. So I think what's uh, impressed upon the development team is that this building is incredibly significant for the city. We talk about it breaking the skyline and being a new addition to the city, but it is an enduring project. It is built to the highest quality and we're really taking after some of the Chicago and New York style buildings to design this and feel that it'll be a great addition to the city. Great, thanks. Uh, commissioners, any questions? All right, thanks. Thanks for being here. All right, so I'll open it up. If you are here tonight to be heard on this public hearing related to this brownfield, uh, you are welcome to come forward. All right, seeing none, I will close that public hearing and that will be referred back to our Committee of the Whole. Uh, and then we will open and move to the next one, which is a public hearing to consider a request to establish a neighborhood enterprise zone at 120 Ottawa Avenue Southwest and 100 Oaks Southwest for the Studio Park Phase Two Residential Tower Project. Uh, so Mr. Gracia, anything to add on this item? Yes, just a clarification on this item. So again, this uh, uh, NEZ exemption is only for the 165 <coughs> proposed units and does not include the for sale units that will be part of the project. And again, it qualifies for the 12-year um, period um, based on um, significant investments they're making and sustainability specifically related to electric charging stations 
for vehicles um, in the parking structure. So um, again, only qualifies for the rental units, not the for sale units. Just want to clarify that. Great. Appreciate that clarification. Uh, Jeff or Jared, do you want to add? I thought you wanted to get out. I, so. I did, I did. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say I, I, on behalf of the development team, um, this project was a true public-private partnership. Um, uh, as Mr. DeLong can attest, we spent a lot of hours um, at uh, your attorney's table trying to hash this out, um, but it's because of that collaboration that this project came to fruition. Um, just to kind of give everyone context of what this development brought to the downtown, Phase one alone um, with the hotel, theater, office, apartments brought over $130 million of investment into the downtown on what was a zero taxable value parking lot. In addition, um, also brought over 600 jobs, um, I think 680 jobs um, alone. So um, with phase two, it would, unfortunately it sounds like it's growing, but uh, would be over $185 million of investment in the downtown. Uh, and again, that none of that would have been possible without the collaboration between the DDA, the city, uh, and the development team. So just on behalf of the development team, uh, we appreciate your support and consideration of this request. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for being here. All right. Is there anyone who wishes to be heard on this item, which is specific to the neighborhood enterprise zone? All right, seeing none, we'll close that public hearing and that will also be referred back to our Committee of the Whole. All right, next that will take us to, uh, actually, Commissioners, if I have your support, I'd like to combine item four and five. They're related to the same project. Are you good with that? Yeah. Um, so I'll read them both. Uh, this is a public hearing to consider establishing a commercial re redevelopment district pursuant to Public Act uh, 255 of 1978 for Full of Green Gold, LLC located at 3 Lexington Avenue Northwest. And then its uh, companion is a public hearing to consider an application for 12-year commercial facilities exemption certificate for a $3.1 million project to be located at, located at the same location, which is 3 Lexington Avenue Northwest. Uh, so I'll open this up. Again, we'll start with Mr. Gracia. I do believe that we have uh, some folks here from the development. Is Brent? It's Mr. Gibson. Oh, there yes. he is. Okay. Uh, and so we'll start with Mr. Gracia, and then we'll turn it to Mr. Gibson. Uh, and then, commissioners, if you have any questions, you're welcome to ask. Yes, so uh, this project, again, is uh, for a 12-year commercial facilities exemption for this project, uh, uh, expected approximately $3.1 million at 3 Lexington Avenue. Now, Construction Simplified is the um, developer, and the property is currently vacant, and they will be constructing a four-story um, office building, uh, which only the condo unit, uh, which would be the top three floors, are part of this exemption. So that first floor is not part of the exemption itself, which is important to note. Um, so the company itself has outgrown its uh, its initial headquarters and is, is proposing this four-story building, and only the top three floors are part of this exemption. And they will uh, occupy two of those three floors, and then uh, we'll have um, additionally uh, roughly um, Four to five hundred square feet of new space available, office space available. So uh, again, they've also participating in the inclusion plan and partic in um, sorry committed to thirty three point eight percent of the construction costs, a little over a million dollars for the inclusion plan. So I'll allow Mr. Gibson to talk more about the project and its uh, how it's come together and uh, the plans for um, the development itself. 
Good evening, Mayor, Commissioners. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I've been here a few times before. Um, excited to uh, take the next big journey in our uh, company expansion. Uh, our office is currently on West Fulton. Uh, have been there since we started seven years ago, and uh, it, looking at forward to making a four million dollar investment into something I've been working on for three years. So uh, excited. Uh, appreciate the support and. Um, Hopefully this is first of many and will continue investments in the city and specifically this corridor. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gibson. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right. Thank you. All right, so I will open up this public hearing. Uh, if you are here tonight to be heard on this item, you are welcome to come forward. All right. I should. I saw some folks walk in, so um, just to let you know, we're, we're talking about the project located at 3 Lexington Avenue Northwest. Um, so if you are here to be heard on this item, you're welcome to come forward. All right, seeing none, we will close that public hearing, and that will be referred back to our Committee of the Whole. Um, and then, as I indicated, uh, on our agenda, item number six, we're not going to have that public hearing tonight uh, due to... Uh, an issue we had with appropriate notification. So that will take us to our next item on our agenda, and this is a city commission resolution. Uh, commissioners, to uh, talk about this tonight and consider it, I need a motion to suspend the rules. Can I get a motion? So moved. Support. All right. Uh, moved and supported. All those in favor of suspending the rules say aye. 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 Those opposed? It carries. All right, commissioners, so the resolution that's before us tonight is a resolution approving the project additions to be paid for by the unspent proceeds of the Economic Development Corporation of the City of Grand Rapids for the senior community revenue bonds. This is related to Clark Retirement Community, and uh, it's the item that we just heard about during the first public hearing. Support. All right, moved and supported. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, seeing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? It carries. All right, that will take us to our last opportunity for public comment tonight. So this is an opportunity for you to come forward uh, and share your thoughts about any other item. Uh, a couple of rules we have is that we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in. We'll give you up to three minutes to speak. Uh, you can follow the timer right up here. And then we also uh, have a clipboard if you would like to leave your name so we get it accurate in our minutes. So hello, welcome. Um, Madam Mayor, um, City Commissioners, my name is Dr. Calvin Jamison. I'm the president of the National Forum for Black Public Administrators from Dallas, Texas, of which it was 85 degrees when I left. <laughs> um, I am absolutely happy to be here to represent the executive board of NFBPA, some 40 uh, chapters in 36 states all over this country. We will be here for the remainder of this week celebrating our annual forum, and I'm absolutely happy that we're here in Grand Rapids. And Madam Mayor and you and, uh, and the city manager, Washington, have done a great job of making sure that we have been welcome overall. And I want to say greetings on behalf of our respective entity. We look forward to seeing all of you during the course of this week. Um, you have a great local chapter uh, as well, which is super. And Grand Rapids was a lot of time, a lot of fun the last time that we came when we were here overall. Uh, I understand at present I'm the vice president at the University of Texas at Dallas, but I'm the former city manager of Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I know your population of 198,000 and, and 45 uh, 
square miles is similar uh, with your jurisdiction a little larger but we're a little further south in that regard but nevertheless I appreciate uh, everything that you guys have done to make us feel at home we look forward to it NFBPA is an organization that at the end of the day prepares individuals such as Dr. Washington here to run organizations and to service our respective communities and so therefore this group which is meeting in your city is here to expand those skill sets and make sure that they can make a difference in our communities. It's such an important part of the things that we do. I have a saying that says simply this, service is not what we do, service is who we are. And if you create that mindset, then you'll make a difference in the lives that you have overall. We're fortunate that your city manager, Mark Washington, is actually on our board national board and we're glad to have him as a part of that and uh, if there's any person I've seen with more energy than uh, Mayor Blitz uh, you got them they're not in they're not in the part of the country that I've come from uh, when we visited last year and you guys have probably seen it overall so we're excited to be here we hope that you guys will be a part of everything we're going to be doing the next several days uh, I guess I include um, Magic Johnson is going to be our corporate speaker uh, Simone Samuels is going to kick things off. We have a public leadership forum, and all of your individuals are welcome to join us. Uh, but we're excited to be here. So thank you absolutely so much for having us uh, as a part of your community. We promise to warm it up. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming down tonight. We are delighted to host you here in our city. Thanks. How are you doing, everybody? My name is DeAndre Jones. I stay here in the city of GR. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank the city once again for uh, giving me the opportunity a couple years ago to create a program to work with youth to reduce gun violence. Uh, I remember when I was young and I brought that gun to East Kenwell High School, I had one friend uh, that came and watched me get sentenced. And on Monday, I actually went to Allegan County because I watched that same friend get sentenced recently to 18 months in prison for a gun. And... It's the reason why I do this work, you know what I'm saying? It's the reason why uh, I wanted to work on canvassing to change the streets from Franklin Street to Martin Luther King Jr. Street because, I mean, I come from Chicago. If, if you kind of know the culture around here, it's more of street gangs and where I actually come from, it's real gangs. And if you know a difference from uh, street gangs and real gangs, it's a big difference. Uh, um, I've been in the streets a lot and... Uh, it just don't make sense to, uh, like all of this beef and stuff like that, people beefing and all of that, it really don't make sense to me because like I said, like these, uh, majority of these streets are not named after African American people or people of color in general, they're named after white people. And I was just, I'd just be thinking like, man, all of this stuff is just, is just like this part of the culture, but it's just a part of black culture that I don't like. You know what I'm saying? It's not cool to be that smart guy. It's not cool to be your funny self. You, it's crazy that you could be anything on social media but yourself. And people just don't like to be themselves. Like, I don't ever like to be out here and pretend to be myself, be something that I'm not. I'm always myself regardless if I'm around a group of politicians, if I'm around the police, if I'm around my friends. I keep the same energy. And uh, I just wish there was more genuine people that actually would just speak to you. It's the reason why I continuously do this work. It's the reason why uh, I, 
you know, work to uh, work on the south side, and we're uh, supposed to be running the Urban Youth Summer Basketball League this year. It's the reason why I'm out here in these streets because I really watch my friends have to protect themselves for beef that don't even involve them to try to shoot at people that probably wouldn't shoot for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they not in the army. You know what I'm saying? You're not protecting your soldiers. You're kind of protecting yourself, but at what cost? Your freedom. And so it's just crazy that just to see my friend, like the only person that was there in court for me that was actually starting his own business that, you know, at your own risk, but he started a sports game, like sports betting because, and he created his own business, but he helped people in thousands of dollars and now you got to do 18 months. It's just like, man, I just wish that my friends and just people just have more guidance and hopefully when he get out, he'll be able to tell his story and it's crazy because he even got COVID and he even been there for a week. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. All right, others wish to be heard? Hi, Reggie Howard, uh, Grand Rapids. First of all, I'd like to start off by saying, um, as we end uh, celebrating Women History Month, I'd just like to say thank you to be among a group of great women. Uh, I come to you from a place called Heroes Corner, which is a, a, veterans, uh, a, a veterans place that we're trying to start. And what's happening in Grand Rapids and the state of Michigan, there's no place like this. And we want to do a drop-in center for veterans where they can come be in a safe place where there's no drugs or alcohol. I don't know if some of you know that we had a lot of veterans returning home from war. That's right now they're sitting in their mom's and dad's basements and their aunt's and uncle's basement because they don't know how to get out. And when they do get out, they only go to the VA to be told, well, you either got a mental health condition and we're going to give you some pills and then they're right back and they're stuck and they don't know how to get back into society. But what we want to do, we want to create a place where our veterans can come and feel at home and give them hope. And maybe we won't have a veteran that goes back and sits in his parents' basement and blows brains out or her brains out because this is a sad thing that we're experiencing. And it's not only just for veterans, it's, it's for public uh, citizens also. We have to do something. In the state of Michigan, there's nothing like this. There's nothing like a drop-in center for a place for veterans that they can have their own space. Anyone that knows of a veteran, knows veteran, we get along much better when we're in company of each other. We may tease and uh, uh, fight each other about different branches of the service, but we'll stand up together and support each other, even as we struggle. And we have veterans right now that are struggling that we want to reach out to, but we can't reach out to them without the help of our city. And just remember this as I step away, some, some gave some and some gave all. How much are you willing to give? Because the simple fact of it is, every day I bury another veteran. Mm -hmm. And when I bury another one, I lose a piece of me. As someone that served this nation for 11 years, come back to the greatest city that I called Grand Rapids in my home, I hurt. I hurt when every time I turn around, I have to attend the funeral of one of my fallen soldiers. So as you hear me today, you hear the sadness. But also, next time I hear you hear me, I hope you hear the joy that our city has stepped up to give our veterans a place called home, and that would be Hero's Corner. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Howard. Thank you for your service. Hi, welcome. Hi there, Carlo Bannon. I haven't even started talking. You're already oh, pressing the thing. Restart it. City Please. Clerk. Because I'm starting my own as well. Okay. All right, re recently I came back 
in order that you increase the salary of the city manager and city attorney by quite a bit. Did you do the same for everybody else in the city? So now we have a city manager that costs us about $400,000 a year and a city attorney that costs us about $350,000 a year. You have increased the city budget to 560 million. The state has increased the budget to 70 billion and the federal for 4.79 billion. That translated for every family it costs us to run the city $7,200, to run the state $17,850, and to run the federal $40,600. So for it all, about $6,500 and up. Additionally, don't forget the property taxes and that we have 47 different types of taxes in Michigan and 51 in the nation, making a total of 98 different taxes. And, st and still, we have a, a deficit that doesn't end. Our city debt is $500 million. Michigan has a debt of 30 billion, and the federal government has a debt of about 30 trillion. Here is the sad reality. Every family is in debt to the city by $6,300. Every family is in debt to the state by seventy-six, And every family is in, in debt to the national by about 253000 Since math is an exact science, and I wish I had more time to explain those numbers to you, because I know that you either don't get it or you don't care. But unfortunately, in three minutes, I can only do so much. The question to you is this, how much more money are you going to spend that we don't have? May I remind you that you were elected to safeguard our interests, not yours. In ignoring us and spending money for yourself on benefits and salary is not safeguarding your interests, is it? it who is to blame here? for all this. Oh, oh, wait, wait, we have to blame someone. And since we're already blaming Russian for the, for the gas, maybe we have to blame someone else for something else, but not you, right? I wonder how many future generations will have to pay for the debt created by irresponsible and careless action of our elected officials. Frankly, I find your conduct to be a disgrace to your position, so I, I'm asking you to resign. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. All right, others who wish to be heard? Hello? I think the timer's not running. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. You can start with your name and the city <laughs> right, that you yep. live in. Uh, hello, my name is Foster Thorburn. I'm from Allendale, Michigan. I uh, go to school at Grand Valley. Uh, I'm a student there, and last time I spoke here would have been about four weeks ago, um, two, which would have been two city commissions ago. Um, I spoke to you last time about um, the harassment of homeless people within the city of Grand Rapids. Um, just to remind you, I'm part of a group that goes downtown. Um, we pay for food ourselves at grocery stores, um, spend hours cooking that, go downtown and distribute that. Um, We've been doing that for about like the past one and a half years. Um, and just to, to give you more about this, um, when, you've been, when you've been doing that um, every week for this long, you do notice a lot of uh, trends with like the behavior of people, um, the things they say about um, the treatment by themselves, by the city, by the police. Um, and you hear a lot of stories that 
very makes you worry, very worried about the the state of uh, their treatment by shelters. Um, it's not a good situation, uh, just plain and simple. Um, but specifically on like the sweeping of uh, housing, or sorry, this the sweeping of homeless encampments in Heartside Park, um, and in the forest. Um, I'm just here again to advocate that we um, stop that policy. Um, when you when you uh, remove these people's shelters, you don't move them into um, housing programs or shelters. That incentive doesn't exist. Um, they are just moved around. And when that happens, they get cut off from people like us um, who are trying to give them hot meals. Um, especially, like, I know the homeless outreach team is something that the, the city has done. Um, if you believe that is effective, then you're also cutting them off from them. Because um, they are hard people to contact, and they are, um, you know, mental health-wise, very suspicious of uh, people knowing their exact location. Uh, so them being in a kind of, like, stable position where they're not threatened, not moved around, is in the city's interest if they believe they um, are wanting to help them. Uh, I know the city does receive calls from like business leaders um, and other people who um, about the behavior of homeless people um, or like soliciting for cash. Um, just in sum, the short argument I want to give to you um, is that if you are trying to get rid of this behavior, the solution is housing and it is putting more money into housing. Um, Enforcement is not going to get you anywhere on this. Um, enforcing, enforcing people, um, locking them up, um, this just exacerbates an already desperate situation for them, and it's going to cost you more money um, on your end with hospital bills and jail visits. Thank you. Thanks for your comments. Thank you. All right. Others wish to be heard? My name is Hal Fruit. I live at 135 Campo Circle, downtown. First, I'd like to thank the commission for their actions on public hearing number six, their quick action on that. I know it was just brought up this late morning, so I appreciate that. Uh, what I'm here to speak about is noise control, uh, specifically some of the downtown restaurants, um, one on Ottawa Street. I'll mention the two. One is Social Kitchen, and the other is Woods. Um, I know there have been numerous complaints about the noise on that. Uh, Social Kitchen actually has outward-facing speakers pointing at the Van Andel Arena. Uh, if you listen to that place at night, uh, even during the day, it's quite loud. And for those of us that live downtown and face that way, it's quite disturbing. Um, it's very easy to find those places. I know they've... Um, but from a business standpoint, it's cheaper for them to pay the fine than to turn the music off and lose business. So the only way to really solve that problem is going through the Liquor Control Commission and filing complaints. But they'll pay the fines from now until whenever because it's, it's cheaper for them as a business operation. The fines aren't that great. When I look at the noise control uh, article, which is Article 5, and I look at Section 9.46, it talks about prohibited entertainment or commercial sound, and it changes the hours for those. My question is, is a restaurant listed, listed as, a, as an entertainment or commercial sound location, such as a concert hall? I know the Van Andel Arena and has different hours for their noise, but I would think a restaurant doesn't fall under the same conditions as the arena or a concert venue. 
So that's what I would ask that the City Commission look at and look at a way of actually reducing this noise. Uh, outward facing speakers aren't needed. Social Kitchen again has them out by their tent and they're facing the uh, Van Andel Arena. That's to draw tra uh, traffic into their location. They don't need those speakers. So I ask that the city look at uh, possible solutions to that besides just fining these um, facilities because they'll pay the fines. It's a cost of doing business and it's not a great cost to them. Thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard? My name is Donnie and I've been a Grand Rapids native for 29 years. I come here week after week after week after week in order to reiterate the same exact thing. So I'm going to shotgun them and then I'm going to choose one situation, break it down for you as to why I'm saying these things. First and foremost, these meetings have to be more accessible to handicapped people, to people who cannot make it. Not only people who are handicapped or, or have a situation to where they can't make it here because it's nine floors, but also it has to be more accessible to the general public, meaning let people call in, allow people to call in because I'd be at work and I'd be ready to call on break. I know you're working, but how are you working? You work in this city and you got people coming up here giving you grave praise, speaking to you in a high way. Because what are you doing? Are we running this city as a community or are we running this city as a business? And I'm throwing the heat at you, Mark Washington, because again, this city is not a business. We are a community. We are suffering. We're going to continue to come up here and ask for more resources coming at you, Anita Hitchcock, because again, city attorney, I'm getting charged for protesting. Me and other activists in the city are still being charged for peacefully protesting. That's on you. The way that this city is ran as a business is on you, Mark Washington. And the way that it is all ignored in the fact that where it's supposed to go is on you, Rosalind Bliss. Because it's supposed to be spread. But tell me why I won't, I, I won't go to East Grand Rapids. I won't go to the northwest side. I won't go to the northeast side. And I won't go to, to Granville and find the same thing that I find on the southeast side. Tell me why I can wake up and find nine police officers' guns ready at somebody. Tell me why. That person ain't even got a gun. I wear this for them, not for people in my streets. They know me. They know me. I wear this because of them. We show up here because of them and the non-resources that we have. Again, defund GRPD, reallocate those funds back into the community, force these police officers to pay for the things that they do, meaning insurance. If you don't want to break the law, then you shouldn't. You should pay for it. Black Lives Matter. 
Others wish to be heard? Hello, my name is Andra. I'm from Grand Rapids. Um, at the last meeting, I said I wanted to know what y'all are actively working on. And Asante sat down with me for a good 30 minutes with some handouts and went over some things with me. I genuinely appreciated that. Commissioner Yasasi was supportive as well. I may come here and it seems like I'm calling you out or dumping all the world's problems on you, but it's not because I'm a radical or antagonist or just want to whine and complain. I want each one of you to be accountable when it comes to your jobs. And I want solutions because I care about people. So Asante, explain to me how you're taking small steps because change is incremental. You have to get the funding approved and wait on the donors. I understand that, but why is it taking so long to get started on housing projects when it didn't seem like a time issue to get $3 million together for the Rosa Parks project? You got money approved for luxury granite architecture that had to come from a special supplier and you had to hire a special artist to compare with other cities. This is what we see from our vantage point. And I bet if Rosa Parks were here today, she'd rather that money go to housing than any kind of hypocritical homage in her honor. Asante also said the language we use doesn't make sense because we demand that you defund the police down to the mandated 32%. He really emphasized to me that 32% was not a mandate and is actually the bare minimum. Um, okay, well then instead of increasing their budget every year, let's cut some of that money because they're getting way too much and let's reallocate it to our schools, our public transit, housing, and community resources. And the last thing I want to ask every one of you is why did you take this job in the first place? And have you lost sight of that reason through trying to be popular, the publicity and attention, the various awards presented to you, moving up in ranks? Sounds a lot like the military, but that's just politics. When you're walking around the city you say you love during the long winter and you have to step over an unhoused man or woman sleeping on the cold ground, do you feel proud about the work you've done? Do you feel a sense of accomplishment or do you get a lump in your throat, maybe a pain in your chest? Because you have the power to speak up and you have the power to do what's right for all the people in this city. And let's get a mayor who's actually progressive. All right, others who wish to be heard? Hi, my name is Aaron Wilson. We live on Dunham. In recent years, over a dozen people have raised concerns numerous times about mistreatment at a nonprofit organization, one that exists in part because of a fiscal relationship with the city of Grand Rapids. It has been a struggle for workers and volunteers to be taken seriously about the mistreatment. That is the fundamental problem. Here's what people have attempted. Express concerns to a supervisor, reach out to board leadership, 
contact community leaders. The problem is no defined process exists in the nonprofit sector for seeking help. It's a building without fire exits. A lack of response from community leaders has enabled people from the organization to go on the offensive, victim shaming those who spoke out and implying they are to blame for the problems. These are pages taken from a familiar playbook. Ultimately in 2021, the victims went public, which is like dropping a bomb in the middle of your own life. Resulting public pressure led to a months long investigation at the end of the year by a law firm. The stated purpose being to discover the truth and confront any wrongdoing. Investigators asked victims and others close to the investigation to volunteer their time and relive their experiences with the understanding that this would advance a dialogue about safety for workers who experience or witness abuses of power. Months pass, the investigation is reported to be complete. For, week, for weeks, the participants await a summary of the findings. A journalist is told a summary of findings will be provided. It's understood there will be considerations for privacy, but it's never been about assigning personal blame because the problem is structural. But then things take a turn for the worse. The organization receives the report, and they immediately suppress the findings, withholding all information about years of alleged mistreatment of staff. The board opts out of their own process for openly and honestly addressing any wrongdoing. If further confirmation that a problem exists was needed, we have it. The suppression of findings would only happen if there were something of concern to suppress and now other organizations have a model for dealing with claims of mistreatment. Ignore, deny, discredit, bury the truth, and people will move on. A summary of findings prepared by the investigators has credibility, whereas victims' voices have been ignored. And that's weird because the investigation is a summary of their voices, but we understood we would all see the summary. However, now it is being suppressed by a group of people who still, still have power over the other group of people. Um, hi. Well, we'll start the time over and you can share your name. Um, every step of this has been unacceptable. This final step, withholding even a summary, re summary report of findings, is unacceptable. Accountability matters. Without it, we're derived of opportunities to improve the structures that currently leave workers and volunteers at risk of harm. He is one of those workers. Nothing can undo what has been allowed to happen to him and the many people also mistreated within one organization. But the structural problem is bigger than us. Openly confronting the issues is key to preventing the mistreatment from happening again. The nonprofit sector is not sustainable when workers are unsafe. The idea of community is central to all the work that he has done. It's sacred. We acknowledge it may be a figment of privileged imagination, but we still believe in it. We have to confront failing structures in order to protect the people with boots on the ground. Otherwise, we are knowingly placing them at risk as they work to serve our communities. This has to be unacceptable. We can't just sweep these things under a rug. There's too much at stake. Thank you for your comments. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm from Grand Rapids. 
Now, this might not involve anybody here at GRPD, but it involves an area company where most of you people shop. Down in the Cincinnati area, a call from this the suburban police department was searching was the um, a call at a local store involving a Caucasian suspect wearing a tan jacket. Looking suspicious and stealing items. Now, when the police arrived, they stopped a black man wearing a red jacket. And he was there five minutes after they arrived. And they started harassing him, saying, What do you have? and everything else. And I don't blame him when he, when he first, first, first thing he said, and I don't blame him for it, saying, who can I sue? And keep this on film. And they continue to interrogate him right out of the aisle. And he was doing nothing but buying something and getting ready to leave. Finally, they caught the suspect that they were actually looking for, white, with a tan jacket. Now, the black guy, who was in his 60s, is going to sue the city, it was a suburb of Cincinnati, their police department, the state of Ohio, and Meyer. Yes, that's right, Meyer. He says he will never go to any Meyer store ever again because of what he went through. Not good. This is an example of racial profiling and, and ethnic intimidation. Can't have it here. Anywhere. Remove J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover's name from the FBI building and remove the George Wallace's name for the town in Mobile, Alabama. And free Brittany Griner. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. All right, anyone else who wishes to be heard? <clears throat> Hi, Hi, I'm Rick Wynn, uh, current chair of the CAA, Convention Arena Authority. I did want to take a moment um, just to thank the commissioners for your support uh, on the amphitheater. Um, I do feel like this is maybe um, an issue that's different from what's brought up from many others today, um, and those are extremely important. But I, I do think this is um, needs to be recognized um, that you are taking a risk, and we appreciate uh, from the CAA that you're supportive of this endeavor. It's transformational. It's going to benefit the city, the county, and the whole region, and we really appreciate your support. I do think 
it's almost poignant to point out that a, you know approximately 25 years ago this body not necessarily you individuals but 25 years ago this body took a risk on the arena and the arena transformed this city and in June of this year the arena will be completely paid for so I think we need to celebrate that I do think it's worth taking risks and as this body um, you know I think I applaud you uh, for doing that and for supporting us and really um, making a change for the city of Grand Rapids and the region. So, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wynn. All right, anyone else who wishes to be heard? All right, I'm going to close that public comment period and I will turn to my colleagues. And I think tonight I'll start uh, down here with Commissioner Isasi. Thank you, Mayor. Um, thank you to those who came out. It was nice um, to see people. And um, uh, City Manager, I think it was great to have that presentation by the president of the forum. Um, so congratulations to you and the team here at the city for pulling this event together. Um, I, I'm excited to attend in these next couple of days and hear from some of the great speakers. Um, and highlight what we're doing here in Grand Rapids. So congratulations to, to you and to all those on city staff that have been a part of this. Um, I wanted to say thank you to um, Mr. Mr. Kane and DC Reifenberg and Chief Winstrom and a number of other community individuals who came out to a safe um, task force forum we had a few weeks now, two weeks ago, Commissioner, Commissioner Lanier, um, some conversations with different community partners about uh, the actually our, our our Kent County prosecutor, Chris Becker, was also there to talk specifically about the reduction of gun violence in our community. And um, I think what we found was some connection points that we know had been there in the past, but we also know through the pandemic, some of those have been weakened um, and new and different things that were happening. So thank you to all who came to that event. Um, who were here, who had some very open, honest conversation and dialogue, and I was very uh, happy to have that. And I think that's about it for tonight, so. Thanks, Commissioner. Thanks. Commissioner Peppard? Yeah, thanks, Mayor. Thanks, everybody, for coming out tonight. Uh, just a couple things for me to highlight. I, I'm proud of the work that we've done on the Appointments Committee. Thanks to Commissioner Yasasi. We've almost got there for our Affordable Housing Fund Board, so they're going to be able to start meeting and find ways to get that six million dollars out into the community and then also to hear that this um, project um, on our 201 market site is going to provide another 10 million into that fund and, and additional money in the future so those are all very very exciting things and i encourage you all to look at the the community development investments that we're taking public comment on now lots of investments in affordable housing addressing homelessness as well as supporting our neighborhoods and so now's the the input time for that plan, but really, really looking uh, forward to approving those recommendations and again allowing those resources to flow out into the community. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, you know what? It is Commissioner's chance to speak. You've had your chance to speak. You've had your chance to speak. I'm going to ask you not to speak anymore and give. You know what? I'm going to ask you to leave this room if you don't. You are being disruptive. It is their time to speak right now. It is the commissioner's time to speak. I'm going to ask you not to disrupt this meeting. Commissioner Lanier. 
Yes, I um, just like to say thank you to those who came out tonight and for the comments that were made. Um, I just want to piggyback Commissioner Isasi on the remarks that you made because I also think that thank you for your leadership in having a forum where we could talk about um, in advance of the summer months um, trying to come up with um, creative strategies to reduce violence in our community. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Commissioner. Commissioner Jones? I just want to thank everyone for coming out. Want to also uh, make mention of a congratulations to uh, to Bill Pink, who on yesterday was named the next president of Fair State University, a loss for GRCC, but a significant gain for uh, Fair State. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Moody. Thank you, Madam Mayor. I I believe that um, affordable housing is the answer to homelessness, but I also believe that in seeking out affordable housing, we have to figure out ways to prevent homelessness from ever occurring. Mm -hmm. uh, how do we do that? We do that cohesively by us all working together to come up with plans, to come up with ways and to seek out other things that other cities are doing that we might be able to overcome what the whole entire United States is dealing with in reference to homelessness. Thank you for coming out and I pray that you all have a good evening. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, City Clerk? Just to um, let the community and the public know that um, You've heard stuff going on about redistricting and reapportionment of districts. Um, there are a couple of Michigan Supreme Court um, cases that um, resolved some issues that had to do with uh, the county commission races or seats here in Kent County and the state house um, maps that were drawn by the redistricting committee. Those have been resolved. There's only one federal um, court case still hanging out there. But um, so there are new districts that affect. Um, all the voters in the city of Grand Rapids. So you can always go to michigan.gov forward slash vote, michigan.gov forward slash vote to see what your new districts are. So take a look at that. You can go to the, um, the state's website, the county's website, to see what those new maps are, to see um, who your new representatives may be, because um, those will be happening this year. So um, get yourself informed on what's going on. And then once all the updates get done in the uh, qualified voter file, which is the voter file, then um, we will be mailing out new voter information cards that will have that information. Uh, most polling places aren't changing, so um, that won't be affected for you, but um, some of the precinct numbers are changing and your districts have changed. Um, but we'll be mailing out those cards probably sometime in the month of May, early June, depends on when we get that work done at the state level. So um, once again, I always like to plug michigan.gov forward slash vote to um, check your voter your voting status to see if you're um, at the correct address. And you can um, update that address there at any time as well. Yeah, thanks. Uh, city Attorney? City Manager? Thank you, uh, Mayor and Commissioners. Uh, for your work today. Lots of good work on um, laying good foundation for housing, as Commissioner Rappard said today. Uh, then heard the overview of over $8 million of annual funding for housing projects and additional funding proposed for neighborhoods. As you indicated, that comment period will be um, until April 25th, and there'll be a public hearing on the 12th for that, for those that are interested in commenting on that. Um, also want to uh, thank the um, CAA, as well as our other partners, uh, private partners, uh, for the work on uh, bringing us the amphitheater project, and those who 
listened to the presentation this morning, heard that it is not just a venue. We are uh, poised to look along that development corridor um, to have a multitude of uh, assets um, to include almost 17 units of housing uh, based on private investment, and uh, much of that, as we talked this morning, would be mixed income potentially and, and affordable housing. So that that helps address our larger need of housing supply in our community, and we're taking the right steps there, as well as the work that you continue to do on infill housing as we looked at the opportunities to um, make it more convenient for uh, redevelopment to occur on oversized lots. So thank you for that work. I also want to make the public aware of um, a significant um, ceremony tomorrow at the Martin Luther King Fire Station, which is uh, formerly the uh, Franklin uh, Avenue Fire Station. It will be at uh, 12.30. Some of you will be there. But this is because of the work of the March Committee and our uh, co-chairs and the work of Commissioner uh, uh, Sasi and uh, Commissioner Lanier and this body of renaming the street to Martin Luther King Jr. Street, uh, we are now going to rename the fire station in honor of uh, Dr. King as well. And so uh, that will um, certainly <clears throat> help us. And I think being one of the few cities that have done that, and I'm hoping also uh, to help the fire department in its affirmation of trying to improve diversity within their workforce as a, as a signal to potential candidates uh, how we value inclusion in our uh, workplace. And finally, I do want to thank um, <clears throat> Dr. Jamison earlier for being here, he arrived uh, right off the plane and came and uh, wanted to be here to uh, let uh, this community know how pleased uh, they are to be here. We'll have over 600 people from across the country, um, primarily people of color in our community, um, trying to both learn from um, what we're doing in Grand Rapids, but also share their experiences with us and both from their successes as well as opportunities to improve. So uh, hopefully uh, that will be transformative um, as we continue to try to improve all of our communities uh, moving forward. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. Thank you, City Manager. And I'll add, uh, some of you already touched on what I was going to touch on, so I'll just add two things. Uh, one, I'm really eager and uh, Delighted to welcome everyone for the NFBPA uh, forum this week. Um, but I also want to just take this moment to highlight all of the city staff who worked so hard over the past, I think, almost a year and a half um, to get us to where we are today. So a lot of work goes behind the scenes to make a, a multi-day forum like this come together. And a lot of folks from the city helped make that happen. So I just want to say thanks to everyone from the city team who has worked with the national team uh, to kick off this forum. And then uh, tomorrow, I'll be delighted to join my colleague, Commissioner Lanier, for the renaming of the fire station. I had the opportunity to be with our chief this morning. Uh, and our fire department is also hosting hundreds of people, hundreds of firefighters from throughout the state at their uh, statewide convention. So our fire department and our chief uh, were there this morning kicking off their convention, and we're able to highlight a lot of the great work happening right here in our city with our fire department. Um, so I appreciate Chief Lehman's leadership and his work, uh, not just in leading the charge to rename the fire station, but really all he does in our community. And with that, we will adjourn this meeting. Have a good night, everyone.